right. Welcome to Living in the Past, where two middle-aged dudes relive their past by enjoying the pop culture of their youth. Devin, are you ready to visit Transylvania? Mm. Watch an old man crawl down the side of a castle wall. Be seduced by vampire women. Use bad British accents and hunt and kill. One of the most iconic vampires in the history of storytelling. Sounds like spring break 1994 for me, Jeremy. So let's do it. Let's go back in time and relive that little treasured moment. Oh my gosh. Yes, we're doing. It's the 30th anniversary of 1992's Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola directed film with kind of a who's who of the big stars at the time. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those films that kind of flies under the radar, and then you watch it and you go, "Whoa, this is weird and cool." It's a movie. Yeah, it's a hell of a movie. It's Underrated, Jim. Super, super interesting. Um, I'm excited to talk about it. I, I watched it last night. Yeah, uh, and and read a good bit about it. There's a lot to this movie, Devin. There is, there is, and I think it's funny because I found this i just came across it on one of the streaming services probably a month and a half ago i'm just like damn i haven't seen that in so long and it was a great overcast day and i said like i'm in let me go grab some popcorn very cool i'm in before i even knew we were doing this and so it's it's really one of those i forgot how much i enjoyed it movies yeah 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 it's it's really it's kind of cuckoo for cocoa puffs it it does some weird stuff when did you first see it when did you first see in the theater in the theater in 92 yeah yeah, I did too. I saw it with some friends. Um, I think I was a freshman in college when mm. this came out. So saw it in the theater. I was a, a decent fan. Like everyone yeah. that was in it, Ullman was sort of new to me. Yeah. Um, but like very familiar with Winona Ryder. Loved the stuff she had oh, been really? in. Yeah. Um, liked Winona. Is this pre or post shoplifting spree? I forget. I think that's... This, this is pre. pre. Yeah, This yeah. is pre. This yeah. is before... I mean, she gets to the top of the list yeah. in 94 when she does Reality Bites yes. with Ethan Hawke. And in fairness, she, she even going back to like Beetlejuice, there was some pretty strong allegations of theft. In fact, Jeremy, I don't know if you knew this, but <laughs> she stole my heart. In this film. Oh! <laughs> stole my heart. Yeah, she's, she's in Dracula. So is Keanu. So is uh, Anthony Sir, Hopkins. Sir Anthony Hopkins. Sir Anthony Hopkins. Sir Anthony Hopkins. Sir Anthony Hopkins. And, Having done some research, boy, he thought he was knighted. The way he acted on set, he was like, "You must refer to me as Sir." Well, hello, Vlad. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a piece of work. There's a lot of pieces of work in this, and I yes. can't wait to talk about it. Before we dive into the show, we just want to say thank you to our patrons: Tessa, Abby, Trevor, Travis, and Dave. Uh, we, you guys keep the lights on. We can't be doing the show unless it's you from your support. So, thank you. Another thing is we do a show in the off weeks. We do a main show twice a month. And then the other two weeks, we do a show called Be Kind Rewind. This week, we'll be talking vampires and maybe talk about the new Halloween film that just released in theaters and on streaming. But we also want to hear from you, our wonderful listeners. If you want to leave us a question or comment, you can call us at 831-337-8020. That's 831-337-8020. Let us know what you think. I'm going to break in, Jeremy, because yeah, I, didn't, in. I didn't realize that we might unpack the latest installment of the Halloween franchise. <laughs> and here's yes. my question. Yes, here's yes, my yes, question. Yes, and this was, I, I, I don't take credit for this question, but I, I heard uh, it on, actually, believe it or not, Sports Talk Radio this last week. And, yeah. and it really made me think. Um, 
this Michael Myers guy that we're supposed to be so scared of has been chasing the same woman around for like 40 fucking years. It's been like a while. How, how scared can we be of this guy if he can't even just get like the white whale? I mean, this is like yeah. fucking Captain Ahab yeah. here. Yeah, it's Mike, ridiculous. Mike's having some struggles. Yeah, seriously. Some some struggles. Yeah, yeah I, I in prep for this newest Halloween film, I finally saw for the first time the 2018 okay. Halloween. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. And then I watched Halloween Kills as oh. the sequel. All right. And this is Halloween Dies? I don't know. Halloween I don't, Ends, I believe. Ends. Halloween okay. Ends, yeah. Something needs to happen. Yeah, something. Um, so the first one, eh, good. Yeah, I guess. Okay. All right. Second one, not so good. Yeah. And we'll see. Verdict's out for this third now, one. I don't even. I don't even know. Did the previous... No, they didn't have Jamie Lee in them. No, Jamie Lee's in these. Okay, yeah, okay. And uh, but what I thought you were gonna say is like, well, what about all the other movies? I think they jump from Halloween original. Yeah, Halloween two, three, all the rest. Yeah. They're off the books. They oh. didn't happen. Oh, Fever Dream. So it goes from wow. the original seventy eight yeah. jumps to twenty eighteen. Whoa. Okay. So, so just those expanded are, universe stuff. Yeah, those are wow. canon now. Yeah, those are canon. <laughs> Star Wars fans will know exactly what you're talking <laughs> they about. They will. Wow. Okay. Well, see, that's good to know. That's yeah. good to know. And um, Jeremy, Winona Ryder, Winona, what? Motherfucker. <laughs> it's Winona. Winona Ryder yeah. or Jamie Lee Curtis, your thoughts? Oh. I think it's Jamie Lee. Oh, no, I can't say that. <laughs> I can't say that. <laughs> it's your di- wife's not a patron. It's okay. You can be honest. Yeah, she never listens to that. <laughs> Um, I, I would probably, I guess say, well, Jamie Lee came on the radar because she was in films before Sure, I saw Winona, but yeah. I, I think Winona, like when I was a college, Jeremy, yeah, college, Jeremy really liked Winona, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 That makes sense. So, that makes sense. Yeah. That's a tough one, man. You really put me in a, well, that's what I'm here for. And I should have saved that probably for a patron only episode, but <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad I got that out. Well, uh, so by all means, continue. Take yeah, us down the Bram yeah. Stroker's. Dracula. Yeah, so movie made some money. Uh made <laughs> yeah, it did. 215 mil. Yeah. Uh not bad on I think the budget was 40 million. Yeah. Um it's a good return on your investment. I was doing the research and I was <laughs> I came across a quote that basically said, you know, what does Francis Ford Coppola and a kids camp have in common? And I fr- freaked out yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah, yeah. just in today's yeah. day and age. <laughs> And uh, then I realized, oh, have in common with Dracula. So apparently Coppola, this great film director, when he was 17, he was working at a drama camp as a counselor. Mm -hmm. And uh, his then girlfriend had the same job, but was working at a nearby different camp. So he wanted to wrap things up in the evening and and go see her. And just like a 17-year-old, we teach some of those. Yes. Didn't thought, well, I'll just read them a bedtime story. Mm-hmm. My little, my little kiddos, right. my little nine, 10 year olds. I'm yeah. going to read Dracula to them Perfect. and put them to bed. Yeah. Didn't work, backfired, mm. but it left a huge, huge impression on Coppola. Naturally so. Did you ever read the book? Hell no. I did. <laughs> <laughs> and one of my favorite moments uh, ever in high school. Yeah. Um, I, and uh, I was destined to be a teacher in this point. Wow. So I had read... Let us um, pray. I read, <laughs> I read Dracula in ninth grade. Wow. I read it in ninth grade, 
and we had a book report in yeah. tenth grade. Okay, and it was a it was a lit class, right? An English class, book report, Dracula. Right. It was during the time period that we had to pick a book. Yeah. So I I picked that book, read it, freaking loved it, and um, did this book report. And yeah. And I I got a little into it. Whoa. My presentation lasted 20 minutes. Oh, and this is like pre-PowerPoint and everything. <laughs> this is, I'm like, just talking, man. Wow. Poor kids. Yeah. I had just moved from Virginia to Alabama. Wow. Brand new student. Mm. Brand new. Yeah. And I'm up there running my yapper. And um, I think they were paying attention. What? Really? I think so. I think so. What what was the tip off? <laughs> well, they were looking at me. Okay, <laughs> they were probably it wasn't that glazed over look we get no, from students. No, now. no, yeah. no, no, no. I think I think I uh, I set myself on the trajectory to being an educator. Wow. So yeah, good for you. Good old Drac and I. We go back a long way. I love that. I love that book. Is really cool. Um, it's written in a way that is like it's done by journal diary entries, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so has this first hand first person account and it kind of jumps between people. Yeah. And some letters are involved. It's really innovative and creative and and for an 1895 7 I can't remember yeah. book, it's kind of entertaining and there's yeah. some really genuinely scary memorable things. Really? And what's interesting about Dracula is a lot of the movies that had come out before 92 before Coppola's version, mm-hmm. they were based on like this a stage play that was popular, but okay. then they mixed all the characters up. Okay, and so when Coppola got a hold of it, he's like, "I'm going to make the book, the book." Yeah, and for the most part, he does. I, I think there's a few sequences that I wish he emphasized a little bit more, but generally, this is the story. Yeah, um, wow. He, he adds a few elements. Uh, the ending's a little bit different, but um, overall, he stays the most true to the source material than anything I've seen. I think that's fascinating because really in the era that we grew up in, mm-hmm. Dracula was largely associated with like the universal classic monsters, right? You right. had your Dracula, you had right. your Frankenstein, you had your Wolfman, your yeah. mummy, creature yeah. from the Black Lagoon. Yeah. And they often followed this this same trope over and over and over again. And so to me, it's yeah. fascinating that we have, quite frankly, like one of the biggest named American directors, certainly of our lifetime, yeah. go and say, I love the source material so much yeah. that we're going to kind of recraft how America even understands this character and this yeah. legend. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Coppola does a lot of crazy shit in this movie. Yeah. And it, it all starts with, it's really interesting. Um, a lot of people, when they look at the film he made before this was Godfather 3. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are like, ah, it's good, but it ain't yeah. like one and two. Yeah, he's lost it. And then a lot of people point to the fact that he cast his daughter, Sophia Coppola, yeah. in the in a pretty important role. Yeah. And the reality was that Winona Ryder was supposed to be that character. Really? And she dropped out at the last minute. How dare you? And so Coppola scrambled, yeah. put his daughter in that role, yeah. and... Apparently, I haven't seen Godfather Three. Coda is the the name of it. He's re-edited Godfather Three. Oh, and apparently, it's pretty decent. And it takes away some of the awkward acting moments that Sofia Coppola brought to the interest the screen. Yeah, and he still he, in the will, not in the movie. Gotcha. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and so fascinating kind of story is that um, writer 
came across a script that was going around Hollywood yeah. for Dracula. Okay. And she basically gave the script to Coppola as sort of a, I'm sorry. Mm. Like, hey, look at this. If you decide to do this, I'll be in your movie. And it was sort of this um, kind of like, please forgive me. I'll, yeah. I want to make amends. Yeah. And so Columbia Pictures gets involved. They give they give $40 million, wow. make make this movie. And it was one of the biggest movies in 92. Mm-hmm. And what's, and it saves George Lucas and Coppola's company that wow. they had together. Yeah. Uh, the, the money generated. This is before Lucas goes back to the Star Wars. Right. <laughs> well, this right, is, right. for Star Wars fans, this is a dark time. So yeah. they don't, they don't have this like wellspring of money coming. Right. Right. And so they basically just, um, you know, get saved by Dracula, which is a really interesting thought. And so they go into production and Coppola does several things right off the bat that are like kind of batshit crazy. The first is at this point in 92 in movies, special effects are moving into the Jurassic Park world. Right. So CGI, computer heavy VFX. Right. You have the Abyss and then you have Terminator 2 that have come out. Right. Previous. Right. Uh, Terminator 2 had just come out. So you had these movies that were really dipping into that well. And everyone was saying to Coppola, use it. You Mm. need to use this stuff. Mm. And he had a whole VFX team. He fired everybody. Wow. He goes, everybody's telling me to do the movie this way. Yeah. Fuck them. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. Right. And we're going practical all the way. Yeah, baby. And he he actually, you know, a lot of people will say, well, you know, um, you know, Force Awakens, they're using practical effects. You remember all that with Star Wars? Yes. It's like, no, they're not. But what's interesting is with this movie, Coppola really does. He hires his son, yeah. Roman Coppola, to basically run all the VFX stuff. And it's it's all models. Mm-hmm. It's they would Oh, some of the stuff they did was so painstakingly like like detailed oriented. Yeah. So they would film a scene, mm-hmm. take that film, store it, reconstitute the scene from the beginning, yeah. like put everything back together, film it again on that same reel of film. So you have almost like double exposures yeah, on Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they would do stuff like that all the time, wow. add elements. Yeah. Like they were detailed focused. Yeah. There's a great sequence when you watch the movie of Jonathan Harker, which is Keanu Reeves, on a train mm. going to Transylvania early in the film. Yeah. And he's riding, he's like riding Mina, Winona Ryder. And in the background, it's all model stuff in the background. But then in the background, the eyes of Dracula appear. Right. And it's just like superimposed stuff yeah. is yeah. being used. Yeah. But there are matte paintings. There are models. Yeah. Everything you see is real they shot i think almost all of it on sound stages i I don't know if they filmed anything in a real location right it's all that's pretty incredible because set design yeah one of my the most iconic scenes or at least the most indelible scene for me is that stagecoach ride we've got the setting sun and that that is just that is so well done it's good that i just like it just it just sticks with me even though I hadn't seen the film up until this most recent watching, probably since mid nineties. Yeah. And, yeah. and that was one of the things I was looking forward to most yep. rewatching the film is, is that yeah. particular scene. Yeah. It's it, that scene 
for me as well really stands out. Yeah. It's just just crazy what all they did in this movie. And I feel like critically when I look at, at, at Dracula, yeah. it, it, at times it's a little disjointed. But when it's firing like on all cylinders, it's really phenomenal filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is you got Francis Ford Coppola making it. Yeah. Like there's a reason why he's considered a great director. Right. And he's he's going against the flow of Hollywood in that moment. Right. Almost rebellious in a rebellious way. Right. And and he's doing that and he's trying to create something. And and everything he does is when I was reading about Dracula, I'm like, no one does this. Um, so he brought all the actors together. They were mm-hmm. up in Napa Valley. Yeah. Brought them all all together for like rehearsals. Oldman even said in an interview, he's like, like, I don't get these opportunities often. So this is great. Sure. Brings them all together. They are doing the weirdest shit. <laughs> like I've watched, I watched it. I watched yeah, this making yeah. of documentary. So they're all, <laughs> I- I'm not lying. I'm not lying what I'm about to say. So imagine all the actors, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, sir. Sir Anthony He's Hopkins. won an Academy yeah. Award for Silence of the Land yeah. before this movie. Yeah. So it's Hopkins. It's Reeves. It's uh, Campbell is there. Right. It's, it's uh, of course, Winona's there. They're all standing around, and this was one of the things they did. Yeah. They're in a big circle facing each other, and then it, they were, you know how you'd like pass something, and they were passing their voice. So someone would make a noise like, yee. And then the other actor would take that and respond and go, woo, and like look at someone else and like someone else go, chippy, chippy, chippy. And then like look at like, and what? They're, they're the hell. I'm not, those are the sounds they're making. <laughs> and they're just do, and they look like idiots. Like yeah. you can see it. Yeah. And they're, yeah. they're catching it. Oh, like from each gosh. other and throwing it back and go, bloop, 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 you know, and they're like, that was some of the stuff they're doing. Wait, 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 wait. I have to put my lesson plan together for Monday. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Got it. Our students will love this. Thank you, Coppola. But he, he did all sorts of weird stuff. Yeah. Like, like really but weird. But what was like the point of that? Cause did the documentary go into like what he wanted them to yeah. get out of that yeah. other than just yeah. kind of being a freakazoid? That. He wanted them. He wanted them to be super embarrassed around each other. Yeah, and act really stupid. Okay, and, and then see each other act stupid. Yeah, and so one of the actors says, "I can't remember who says." So when you go up to like Hopkins and go, "Hey, I think maybe we should do the scene this way," you've had this totally awkward, dumb experience. So Got you're kind you. of been embarrassed in yeah. front of each other. Yeah. So it actually makes your collaboration a little more. So the defenses come down. Yes. Yes. It was stupid looking. Forget the lesson plan, Jeremy. <laughs> I am not going to say a word to the rest of our academic leadership team, and I'm going to roll that out on a faculty meeting. But you're going to have to play along. Yeah, We're going to do I this. Will, I will. Yeah, oh, this is going to be gold. Gold. Uh, we'll bond. We'll bond. <laughs> it's so unbelievable. So, yeah, I mean, he, he brought them all together. This, so so think about going, he's rolling into making Dracula. Yeah, yeah. He fires his VFX team. Yeah. He hires his son. Yep. He gets all these actors together. They act like complete idiots. They have like actor camp. Right. And Coppola is so weird as he's making this movie. Like Hopkins he, he would say like the script would just disappear. And like the two pages that we were working on is gone. <laughs> and then the next, the next day there's a new two pages. They like write on the... And like Olman would go and say, I think we should do this. I think my character should do this. Yeah. And Coppola would be like, sure, let's do it. That makes sense for the story. And one of the most funny moments that's actually in a documentary yeah. is Hopkins is like, 
Hobbit, if you watch the performance, it's really interesting. I don't know if they shot it in sequence, but like Hopkins is playing Van Helsing. And mm-hmm. at one moment, he's early in the film, he's a certain way. Yeah. You see him lecturing to the medical students. Right. And then he shows up to help in this case. Yeah. Uh, Lucy, one of the um, Sadie Frost character, is like, she's been basically attacked by Dracula and sort of having all these problems. So they bring Van Helsing in, and Van Helsing um, is his personality changes and maybe mm. that was a decision, but like at first he's kind of a, a proper English right. guy. And yeah. then he just starts acting freaking weird. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And one of the scenes was totally his idea is he says, well, when I see Lucy for, or not Lucy, when I see Mina, Winona Ryder's character yeah. for the first time, he's like, I'm so fascinating with the, the vampire stuff. He's like, I'm going to smell her face. Cause she's wow. been, with and so, Lit, watch the movie. Yeah. Like he kind of dances with her, kind of freaks her out and then the go and sniffs her face. Wow. And, <laughs> and so in the documentary, they show Hopkins come to Coppola with this idea. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. let's, I, I think I should smell her face. And Coppola's like, that's a great idea. Let's do it. Oh, let's, he goes, let's rehearse it real quick. And they rehearse it. <laughs> Poor Winona Ryder's like, what the hell is going wow. on? But she plays along. And so there you I, go. You know, usually we, we're, we're a pretty tame group. We don't wade into politics and yeah. stuff. But really, when 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 people complain about current President Joe Biden doing this, yeah. is he just reenacting parts of this documentary <laughs> and Sir Anthony Hopkins' I think, character? I think he was inspired. Yeah. I think I, he's inspired. I can't wait to tweet that out later today. <laughs> show like the clip from the like documentary and then show Joe. Yes. Oh, here's our president. That's awesome. It's beautiful. beautiful. Oh man. Well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk some more about this crazy batshit crazy. (laughs) All right. So it's 1462. Constantinople has fallen. The Turks are coming in. And they're conquering Europe. And that's how the movie starts. We see Dracula as this, um, as Vlad the Impaler, uh, kind of defending Christendom. And the movie starts off, the setup is this. There's these invading armies. The numbers are overwhelming. Dracula goes to stop them with his smaller army. It looks like he isn't going to, you know, win, survive, blah, blah, blah. He's married to a Winona Ryder who doesn't go by Mina, but instead goes uh, by Elisabetta. Right. And uh, so he wins, surprisingly, and he's like, yeah, I did it. But um, Winona Ryder doesn't believe he would have done it, so she <laughs> she's dead. She throws herself off the castle into yep. the water below. Yep. yep. Uh, Dracula finds uh, his beloved dead and basically... Um, because she committed suicide, a priest played by Anthony Hopkins right. in 1462 right. uh, says, well, you know, she committed suicide. She's going to hell. Sorry, buddy. And right. he curses God and then in turn gets cursed by right. God. And uh, that's how the movie starts. He becomes a vampire. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I mean, what do you think about the setup? I mean, does it work? Is it? Um, well, I mean, I think, you know, Gary Oldman is mid to late 30s. At yeah. this time, yeah. Winona is a fresh 21. So right away, I like where this is going, Jeremy. <laughs> oh, God. 
Oh Lord. <laughs> oh Lord. Our viewers just went way down. Or, or way up. Down. I was gonna say <laughs> we've just tapped into a completely new demographic. Um I don't know if I want that demographic. <laughs> Well, play, we've talked yeah. about Pale Rider, and yeah. this is just the natural extension and the natural yeah. journey for this particular podcast. Pale <laughs> Rider. Good Lord. Good um, Lord. I, I, I like the setup. Yeah. I like the setup. Um, I, I think that having not read the book in high school, Jeremy, yeah. I, I wouldn't have known any better from right. the actual book, but in and, and, Correct me if this is wrong, because my my wheelhouse is U.S. history. This is right, more right. of a world history thing. But the backdrop for what we get right here, there, there's some actual historic yeah. accuracy that goes along with this. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure Vlad the Impaler yeah. did just that. He he tried to defend the church, right. Christendom, you know, right. the, the kingdom of God yes. from, from these invading Turks and uh, was brutal in doing so, which... Hence, yeah. you know, that's where he gets the name. It's interesting. I worked, um, goodness, it's how it's weird. I met my wife in 1998, and I had been, over the past two years before I met her, I'd been working in Romania. Mm -hmm. And I actually worked in those very mountains wow. at a camp. That was 10 minutes away from Dracula's castle. I've seen, Whoa. I've seen the castle. Whoa. It's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, there's all sorts of rumors and like stories and it's yeah. really, really kind of a, if you like horror, it's a fun, it's a fun, creepy, weird place to be. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, it was all the talk, like just in mm. fun with my friends that were Romanian, just yeah. like, Hey, let's go see Dracula's castle. Right, Where's right, Dracula's right. castle? Do you tell me some Dracula stories? It yeah. was always, it was always coming up, but like, it was interesting at times there was a lot of like pride and like, mm. like, yeah, this is, yeah. this is our story. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of scary, Fascinating. but, but that whole area just for filmmaking, I, I don't know how many movies have been made in those mountains, but it's a really cool place. Yeah. It's really, yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. And, and I think those Transylvanian mountains are just gorgeous. Right. And it's interesting that area, there's a lot of Hungarian speaking Romanians in mm -hmm. that area. So, mm -hmm. It's just really interesting just having that experience and, and just, um, um, but yeah, the story of Dracula is something kind of known and right. it's talked about. Right. And it's right. not, it's just part of their culture. Yeah. It's not just American so, pop culture. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. It, the roots are pretty deep. Yeah. And then of course you throw all these movies on in this, in this book and, and all right. that. There's, right. there's, there's a little bit more. The early part of the movie, <clears throat> Critically speaking, I'm I find it to not I really start to get into it when everyone's in London. Mm -hmm. So the whole opening and so we go from that to um Keanu Reeves going to Dracula's castle. Yeah. And in terms of filmmaking elements, like there's some really cool creative stuff done. Mm -hmm. Like the shadow will move one way, but Dracula, the right. person moves another. Right, right. At one point. Dracula sees a portrait of Mina, mm -hmm. who looks just like his wife. Yeah. And and the shadow starts to choke Keanu Reeves, yeah, you know? Yeah, and like yeah. but the Dracula's just standing still. Right. So it's really cool. Some of that stuff that they did. The set design is completely bonkers. The yeah. movie won three Academy Awards. Yeah. 
Um, the costume design, I think, was one of the award winners. But, like, the stuff they're doing is just, it's kind of amazing. And, and it's captivating. But I felt it was a little disjointed. I felt like the tone just kept shifting. I think Keanu Reeves' acting was a little, it would take me out of it. Because he would try to do a British accent. And then he would go to, to his American accent and then go yeah. back to the British. So, yeah. as a viewer, I'm like, uh, I'm a little. What's, what's happening? Right. Oldman is incredible. Right. Like he's so incredible. Right. Dracula He's one of the best Draculas we've ever had, but I've always felt off kilter and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's what Coppola wanted, but it's not until they get to London and the London mm. stuff starts happening. That I'm like, I really start to like, yeah, this yeah. Is cool. Yeah. Like yeah, I yeah. like this. Um, I will say one thing. One of the most memorable moments of the book is Jonathan Harker. You're reading his journal entries mm -hmm. and he's trying to figure out what is going on. Yeah. Like things are just not right. Yeah. And one night he opens his window mm -hmm. and just looks out and he notices right below him, the window opens below him in the tower mm. and Dracula looks out, but I don't think Dracula knows he's there. Yeah. Wow. And Dracula gets out and just starts climbing down the side of the wall and Jonathan Harker, like in his journal, just like he's writing, like I freaking lose. I mean, it yeah. was scary. Yeah, wow. and they show that scene in the movie, yeah. but he's looking kind of across, and it it just didn't have the dramatic effect. Yeah. That and that's yeah. one of those things where you read the book and you're like, I hope they do this, and right, it's like, right. Uh, it's not yeah, quite it's inevitably out. a letdown. Yeah. yeah, and that one just I still remember that moment from mm. that book. It's just so terrifying. The way um, it's written is so well done. Yeah. And like, you're just there with Jonathan Harker's. He's looking out and he's like, what is going on? <laughs> what am I doing yes, here? Yes, so, I love it. Um, so you have everything from Harker trying to figure out what's going on, yeah. the weird stuff with Dracula. Harker like bumps into these three vampire women mm. and they, they want to attack him, but Dracula doesn't let him. And then most horrible moments is, he gives like Dracula gives a baby to these women and these vampire women, they devour the baby. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, it's pretty gnarly. They're evil. Yeah. <laughs> they're not, it's not happy, handsome vampire. Better, better Keanu interaction with the vampire women here. Or we go to devil's advocate when Ooh. he had. Yeah. I think he's better in devil's advocate. I think he is too. Yeah. I mean, he's matured a little bit as an actor. What is it? That's like 95 ish, yeah, 96 nineties. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely after speed, which he's... See, that's the thing. Let's talk about Keanu for a minute because yeah. a lot of people like crap all over this movie because yeah. of Keanu Reeves. Yeah. And they're like, he's terrible, he's terrible. Like, he isn't that great. And, right. and you know, you you want to look back at like the 91, 92 year and go, okay, who should have played that if, yeah. if Keanu Reeves yeah. isn't doing well? But the thing about Keanu Reeves is like, it's not that I don't like the guy. In fact, Coppola is like, he struggled. Yeah. But I love him so damn much. Yeah. He's, he's like, I think Coppola even referred to him as like, like a prince. Like mm. he's like such a good person. Yeah. Like I wanted him on the set. He's yeah. So delightful. Yeah. yeah. And and I think even when Nona Ryder talked about like how hard he worked mm. to try to do the British accent, that he was just it was killing him. Yeah. Like because he couldn't do it. Right. And um, that bums me out because you see movies like Speed or Point Break. Yeah. I have no problem with Keanu Reeves in those Oh, movies. not at all. Like, it's great. Yeah, no, not at all. Like, so there's movies where he fits. Yeah. But I don't know about you. I don't think Dracula he fits. No, I think it's fairly wooden. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think it's, it's we, we almost get into this, like, stereotype of a character right. because it's, I think it, 
in some way detracts from his character, but it also detracts from the other acting going on. But so there's there's like a hotbed of young actors around this time though. So do you have like some replacements in mind if you could kind of go in the way, way back machine and, and replace Keanu with somebody else? Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious what our listeners would think if so river Phoenix dies in 93, I think. Okay. Um, so this would have been one of his last projects if he's... I think mm. River Phoenix would have been great. That's a good call. I, I think there was something... Like, could he bring off the British accent? I think he could have. Yeah. Um, but there's something about him that... there There's a... If you remember, like, the beginning of The Last Crusade, the Indiana Jones movie, where yeah. he's, like, kind of panicked trying to get uh, the Cross of Coronado right. back home and, right. like... Um, get the cross to a museum. Right. Uh, there was this kind of panic, desperation, excitement, heroic. Like yeah. Jonathan Harker needs to be all those things. Mm-hmm. There needs to be mm-hmm. some because her- he escapes the castle. Right. And they show that in the movie, him like crawling out and all that stuff. And that dramatically could have been much more. I when it when I watch it with Keanu Reeves, I'm like, okay, he's escaping. Cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But you could have played that up as this like desperate escape attempt that right. I think River Phoenix would have like brought. Yeah. Yeah. A lot it's a great to. call. It's a really and great so call. So I like he's the one that jumps to mind. Yeah. I, Leo's too young. He's mm. not, he's, this is, he's way too young. Right. Uh, nice. So there's not a lot that I would think of in that time frame yeah. that, that I would pick. Is there anyone that comes to your mind at all? It's so, I think if we're going to, so if we're going to stick in the vampire realm. Yeah. I think I'm a little on the line with this, but but I'll throw the name out there. I, I think Kiefer Sutherland would be an interesting pick. Yeah. I, I also yeah. think, and uh, shame on me for even saying this, but it's also within that realm of vampires. But but I think even like Mr. Thomas Cruz oh, could have yeah. done a good job. Yeah. E- yeah. Even going, because yeah. I know Interview with a Vampire comes out in... 94. 94, okay. Yeah. Um, but even one of Tom Cruise's co-stars in that... Um, help me with the name because I can see the Brad, face. Brad Pitt, Christian Slater, and Christian Slater. With, yeah, Christian I, Slater. I think, I think he has enough of that. I think Slater would have been the right age. Right? Yeah, like, and yeah. I think he, he kind of. I think yeah. the word I'm looking for is like more wholesome, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. He, he kind of has that appearance. He's uh-huh. kind of almost yeah. portrays these characters, and you even look at from um, Young Guns Two. It's almost a naivete about mm-hmm, him. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's there's something that he yeah. nails that I think would fit well within the context of the Dracula story. Yeah, it's interesting. A lot, like Christian Slater, like he did have range. I think a lot yeah. of people think of his pump up the volume character, and think yeah, that's him, right? But like, I think he could do more than yeah, that. And I agree. I think we see it. So yeah, yeah that's a really interesting, uh, interesting pick. Yeah, it's there's some fascinating. I think <laughs> I hate to say it this way. Keanu Reeves, you'll never listen to this, but if you happen to, <laughs> I think you're amazing. Yes. Um, I think almost anyone would have been better in this role. I, I, do, I, I just don't think it works. But but let me ask this, though. Yeah. Let's let's say that Francis Ford Coppola at, at some point goes, you know what? We're just going to ditch the fake British accent and just you be you. Yeah. Do we have a different outcome? Do we have a different view of Keanu yeah, in this role? So. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I, and I think an audience would be like, oh, cool. Like, I don't... I don't think they would care. I think American audience would go, there's a book. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that they would have like, Reading? Yeah. I don't think that they would have slided him for not having a British accent right. versus having a bad British accent. Yeah. I think that the challenge in a movie like this is like, you got 
Hopkins just doing crazy shit. Yeah. I mean, he's like smelling like what known as face and he's just Which, he's hilarious and he's like doing weird stuff. If and, I can just say, as long as we're replacing cast members, yeah, 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 yeah. Can we can we just sub out Sir Anthony and put in another person who was already a well known commodity, but I think based on some of the eccentricities of that character would have been gold in a really weird way. But get, give me Robin Williams. <laughs> Give me Robin Williams in that role. <laughs> if he could do a British accent for the whole film. And just film. let him go. Oh, God. <laughs> it's so funny because you you see, like, Hopkins acting and then, like, yeah, of course, Gary Oldman acting yeah. and, and just this cast. Like, there's people coming in there throwing, like, 100. Yeah. And then you got Keanu can't even throw, like, like 60. He's just like, hoping to hit the bag, man. Just, just, come on. just He's just trying to get over, over the plate. The, yeah, just trying just, to get over the plate. <laughs> So it gets to London eventually. Um, Dracula's whole plan is is because Mina's there to yep. get to London. He's bought all these properties. Um, it, it, the book is this way. Like he's taking soil from Romania. Mm-hmm. That's a part of it. He has to sleep in the soil of this country. Yeah. So he's taking all of that over to England. And what's interesting is like there's a long section of the book of the ship's voyage. Yeah. And it's all the diaries of the captain and the first yeah. mate. Yeah. And like they have all this cargo and then guys start dying on the ship yeah. and they touch on it a little bit in the movie, yeah. but like the book, it's a whole, like, I think it's a couple chapters. I mean, wow. it's like, yeah, it is. It's its own thing. Is, that I mean, it's, is it it's more scary. mystery or is it more like horror oriented? Well, it's, it's, uh, it starts off mystery. What's okay. going on? Yeah. Wait, where is this guy? Yeah. Where is this guy? Wow. What's going on? And then, like, finally it comes down to just, like, a few guys left, and they're like, we got to figure out who this is. We got to kill this person. Wow. And it's it's it would be a great standalone yeah. story. It's Ooh. really good. Yeah. Uh, the BBC did a Dracula series recently, and I watched it, and they spend a lot of time on the ship. How were their British um, accents, by the way? They were British. Were they? Yeah, they are British. <laughs> Movie or the show, it's like a three episode. I just like it didn't. It, it didn't end well. Oh. Like it just. It gets into modern times okay. and like there's yeah. Um, like ancestors are involved. I, I just did not like okay. it. And, and that's the thing. Like everyone feels like they have to play with this story. And Coppola is like, I'm not going to really mess with it too much. Yeah. Like I'm going to yeah. keep it as intact as I can because yeah. it's good. Yeah. Uh, and then, and anyway, so that BBC, I wouldn't recommend it if anyone's like, oh, I want to watch that. Don't. It's not worth your time. Not worth your time. <laughs> Unless you're into the accents, then, then do <laughs> yes, it. Then Dive can, in. Then you Dive in. Say things in British along with them. <laughs> uh, so we're in London. Dracula is there. You have, it still at times feels a little disjointed, but then it really, I think it really gets moving mm. is when Lucy is attacked and mm-hmm. like the men around her, cause he, she has all these like suitors. Like there's a guy named Quincy from, yeah. from Texas. There's a guy named Arthur yeah. who's entourage. Like, yeah, yeah. They're all like vying for her affection and rightly so. And yeah. And, and so Lucy starts to, she gets attacked. Mina meets Dracula. So you have this, all this stuff going on dramatically. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think when Oldman and, and Winona Ryder meet on the streets of London, yeah, there's this kind of awkward exchange and finally kind of wins her over. And yeah. It's just so well done. And the acting is so good. I'm like, yeah, this is, this is cool. Like yeah, this is yeah. interesting. And I think 
for this movie to work, Olman and Ryder have to have like chemistry. Right. And I think they do. Yeah. Did you feel that way? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I think that that's one of the believable things about this film is how they play off one another. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. you really, I think at some level since very, to, to, to very high level, like you sense Vlad's loss yeah. and his mourning, yeah. right? Yeah, he, he at times, he, it, he's a weird character because he's like, he does these evil things. He's been cursed, yet he's likable. Right. And like, you feel you feel his loss. You yeah. feel like like sympathy. Right. For, he's sympathetic. And you're right. like, oh, I hope he can hook up with yeah. his, like his reincarnated love. <laughs> Why not? Like Keanu Reeves, he's stuck over yeah, there with the vampire right? women in yes. Romania. Like whatever. Um, it, it's funny, and in fact, that's I don't want to get to the end, but it's worth talking about right now. Is that so? Coppola does a screening, mm-hmm. and there's two guys in the room screening the movie. Mm-hmm. A comic book artist who was starting, he later goes on to do Hellboy. Okay, uh, Mike Mingola, I think is his okay. name. Um, Great artist, comic book creator, and George Lucas. Oh, yeah. And so the three of them watch the movie, yeah. and it doesn't work. And they're they're like, this isn't good. And Lucas says, you made a huge mistake. Um, you gave the rules, and then you broke all the rules at the end. And what, what had happened was, if you recall the movie, Lucy becomes a vampire. Like, Dracula turns her to a vampire. Yeah. And there's a scene where the men, Helsing and, and kind of the entourage, they find Lucy's, they, she's been dead, like dead, yeah. she's buried. They go to kill her, yeah. like kill her undead self. Right. She's not in there. She arrives with a child in her hands. She's yeah. like a vampire. Right. And they run a stake through her heart and they chop her head off. Yeah. And they get to the end of the movie, the original filming. Yeah. And the first cut of the film, you get to the end. There's the chase, all the stuff we've talked about. Right. Get to the end. Um, Quincy stabs Dracula. And Winona Ryder goes in with Dracula and kind of finishes him off, like puts the stake through him or Mm -hmm. pushes the knife through him. Yeah. Gets up, walks out, and joins Jonathan Harker, yeah, Reeves, and they kind of go off into the sunset, yeah, yeah, or yeah. sunrise, or right, whatever. right, 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 and and it's like, yay, he's with, and like, like you got to cut his head off. Lucas is like, you got to cut his head off, and don't have him go off and like, don't have her go off into the sun sunrise with with Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Like this is her love. Yeah, you got to like, you got to end this tragically. Right, right. Like that's there's no other option. Yeah, and so Cobble's like, well, shit, you're right. <laughs> So they had to bring everyone back together and wow. reshoot the end, but it's because Oldman and Ryder have this chemistry. It yeah. makes sense, and and she cuts his head off. Like, wow. and it's just it's interesting. Like you got to that point, and like Coppola just couldn't figure out the ending. Couldn't and stick the landing. He couldn't stick the landing, yeah. and then Lucas is like, "Well, you just broke all your rules. You got to cut his head off." I love know? that for so many reasons, though, yeah. because I think yeah. you know, among other things, it's a great tale to tell but i think also like it's just proof that like even the most talented whether it's directors or carpenters or whatever else like it's always so viable to not get so close to your project yeah that you're not afraid to like tear it apart i think yes and i think the reason why coppola is so great 
is he's a great artist. Yeah. Like he's a great filmmaker. He has an eye of seeing things that is unique and different than a lot of people. Right. So he's a talented filmmaker, but I think what makes him even more special is his willingness to collaborate, mm. his willingness to like listen to other people, uh, his actors. I mean, even yeah. as silly as some of that stuff was yeah. like, yeah. like he allows Hopkins to do this bizarre yeah. thing with, with Winona. Yes. Yes. He's like, well, that would make sense. He's kind of fixated. Right. And Helsing is kind of nuts himself. Yeah. And like, right. Yeah. Right. Why not? Yeah. You know? And so he's always willing to rewrite stuff, try new things. Yeah. I mean, if you watch, um, Hearts of Darkness, which is mm. the documentary on Apocalypse Now, mm-hmm. making Apocalypse Now, mm-hmm. Apocalypse Now, he's doing that shit all the time. Yeah, where he's like, "Oh, let's rewrite this. Let's do it this way. Let's yeah. do this thing. Let's." Yeah. He's doing this stuff all the time, and I think that's a mark of like a, a good artist, mm. but also just a humble guy. Yeah, like he, yes, he's prideful, like everyone else is prideful. Like, right. he, like I'm sure at some points he's like, "Well, I made the fucking Godfather movie. <laughs> Shut up." <laughs> Like, I'm sure he's had moments yeah, like that. But yeah. at the same time, when he's creating something, right. he is listening to other people. Yeah. There are times, though, where, like, if you watch the documentary, it's floating around on YouTube, he gets in an argument with Oldman. Mm. Like, he's like, why are you wanting, like, talking to Gary Oldman, why are you wanting to do it this way? No, we're not. And Oldman storms off. Like, it's all in the documentary. Wow. You can watch them get in a yeah, fight. Yeah. And, and so there's things that he he'll believe to believe in and stick by, and he has a will to make things happen. But yeah. at the same time, he has this willingness to like, oh, I need to change that, mm. or I need to work on that, yeah. or I need to fire my FX like yeah. VFX guys, <laughs> and, dump the entire team, and, yeah, yeah, start yeah. over and yeah. different and be original and yeah. You know, the film is very much like German expressionism. It's mm. a film movement of like the 20s mm. and into the 30s. And it was their shadows. And of course, right. um, the famous vampire movie Nosferatu comes out uh, during that time. And, and, and um, film noir comes from, from German expressionism. So mm-hmm. Coppola constantly, as he's making this, he's diving back into these 20s. Like at times, yeah. the frame rate is real choppy. Yeah. Is he's shooting it like, I don't know, it's under 24. Yeah, which like, is crazy. Yeah, he's shooting it like, could be like 15 frames a second. Like, I don't know what he's shooting at, but it's like real jerky and like it feels old at times. The chase is filmed in a certain way, which I think the music with that chase sequence and the sun going down. Dude, that's some high level filmmaking. I don't know that you could possibly add to that section of the film. I really don't. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. And it's something that like, I would love someone, it's 30 years ago, like, isn't it time for someone to take a run Ooh, at this again? What now? You mentioned what was it, Nosferatu? Yeah, someone's rebooting that right now. I think. Oh, really? I think so. What? I'll let you look that up because it's easier for you to click clack on your keyboard. But I think that there's a, a reboot of that coming out. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, I. Um, my question would be this: if, <laughs> if not, not if this story of Dracula is remade and yeah. Nosferatu, it was made in like twenty. 1921, 22, somewhere right around there. Yeah. Um, it, it's just retelling of, of the Dracula story. And, right. And I, I, and it holds up. Like, if you ever see that old black and white yeah, German it's, exp- it's, it's worthy of your time. It, it really it's is. creepy as hell. And it's yeah. on YouTube. You can yeah. It's like, there's no copyright infringement on it. So yeah. uh, it's all over the place. But I, I wonder who would I want to give... Mm. Dracula to today. Is Ooh. there anyone that like jumps to your mind? Like, oh man. Um, 
gosh. I have someone in mind. Uh, so so here would be a, an interesting twist because she is an Academy Award-winning director, and that would be Sofia Coppola. Mm, yeah. I don't know. Why not? I, I, She'd I, be great. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to see a... Michael Bay. <laughs> yes. Just give me some explosions. The chase scene, like, like wagons are exploding yeah. and gypsies are getting launched off so into great, the... Dude. Like, yes, it's crazy. Um, there's a guy named Mike Flanagan who made mm. Midnight Mass. Yeah, that's and a good call. Midnight Mass is like one of the best things I've seen in the last several years. Yeah. It, it has stuck with me yeah. in an era when... So much of our media hits us so quickly and then disappears, and mm. we're just bombarded constantly. Yeah, I still think about Midnight Mass. Wow, it's really yeah. special. I think, and if you if you don't know what it is, it was a, I think it was like a six or seven episode like limited series on Netflix. Mm. Uh, Flanagan is an interesting guy. He is a Catholic, and he um, he's made a lot of different horror mm-hmm. shows. Mm-hmm. Like he's done like. The haunting of Blythe Manor or whatever. Yeah. So he's made some of that series. He's made some of that stuff, yeah. but he keeps this acting troupe together. Yeah. It has uh, Elliot from ET's one, right. it, like Henry right. Thomas is in this group. Right. right. And these this group of actors follows them from project to project. Yeah. I love that shit. Yeah. And it's it's like a traveling troupe, yeah. you know, and right. they, they right. go make things together. And I love that. I would love to see because he's so religiously minded mm. and he's he's critical yeah. of the church yeah but at the same time he's very generous to the church yeah right at right times and in right situations yeah. and dracula is so religious yeah there's so much of of you know christianity wrapped up in it and right god and satan and yeah. like evil and and just these themes are so fascinating i think someone like flanagan could take that story and just like well the uh, series haunting it. haunting a blind manor yeah. which was i think it's like technically like part two of a greater trilogy yeah yeah i think you're i think right. the first one was like haunting of hill house or something yes yes and that was much more of like a traditional horror flick right whereas haunting of of blind manor was extremely well done in my yes. opinion and it was much more of this and i don't want to spoil for any of you that haven't yet seen it you should go watch it yeah but this this unfolding of these macro themes, some of them that you just yeah. touched on, and I think those quote unquote scarier moments were done with such like precision and subtlety. Yeah, it it just made that that entire series yeah. just such a wonderful experience. Yeah. And so that's really even more of a question. Like, would you rather see like a retelling of the Bram Stoker version of Dracula in more of a series format, Jeremy, mm-hmm. or do you want to see like that that theatrical release? Yeah, the hard part is like. BBC just did this like three right, episode right, series. Right. I'm like, well, shit, you yeah. know, and they're trying to be all clever and yeah, redo it. And yeah. it, it just fell short. Man. Yeah. It's like, it had some really, um, it had some really good stuff, but like, um, overall it just didn't measure up. I would go limited series. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm looking at Flanagan's like filmography. Like he is, He's he's a horror guy. Like mm-hmm. he's done he did Doctor Sleep, yeah. um which I think is phenomenal and often overlooked. It's a sequel to The Shining. Uh he did Gerald's Game where mm. the woman is like handcuffed yeah. to the the bed and her like lover dies and yeah. she's stuck there. Yeah. Um that's really cool. Um he's done of course he's working on The Fall of the House of Usher, mm-hmm. which is coming out soon. Yeah. So I would say 
get him and get his little actors and let's yeah. do this. But, but, um, I think there's other filmmakers that could do just for as sure. Good, so. Yeah, absolutely. No, I love that idea. I think that's a great call. You know, so let me just take a quick rabbit trail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we started off kind of at at the top of the episode talking about kind of like the classic Universal monsters, right. Dracula, of which is included in that. Do do we want to see? You know, Tom Cruise tried to reboot like the Mummy franchise, didn't go over too well. Do we want to see more of these classic monsters reboot? Yeah for new audiences i think it's why not i mean yeah. we live in an age where um everything is just yeah. recycled <laughs> yeah, recycled recycled nothing recycled, new right recycled, right recycled recycled like yeah. i'm i'm totally op- up for that yeah like why not if, yeah. if they're going to recycle some of the shit they're doing like <laughs> let's go ahead and grab the mummy and let's go grab yeah some like Wolfman yeah. and like the Invisible Man and let's take yeah. another run at it yeah you know why yeah. not and i think there was some good ideas ideas yeah with bringing the 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 dark universe or whatever they were right, calling it right. of all these universal right. monsters back together, yeah. but um, it didn't work. But I think it's worth considering. Again. I think it is too. Do you, is is Dracula like your favorite classic? I think so. Yeah. Invisible Man's always like weird and strange to me. Yeah, and it's like it, it it deals with just the fact of being invisible places you in a quandary mm. when it comes to morality sure like if you become invisible what are you going to do right. and like i think you can go so far of doing noble things right but just by being invisible it just yeah. like opens the doors to so many horrible things for and, sure yeah and paul verhoven had dealt with that a little bit in like the hollow man right. i don't know if you remember that yeah, like yeah. he was like the guy was just a scumbag kevin bacon right and so i like that's really interesting. I think you can really do something with that. Yeah. And where you're really wrestling with like the morality of yeah. it. Um, is there one that you like kind of like latch onto or I, so I'm just kind of a fan of the, the aesthetic of creature of the black lagoon. Yeah. I, I think that could be really well done. Yeah. Uh, in our, with our, our modern technology and some of our newer actors and directors that are kind of fresh on the scene and stuff. Yeah. I, I think that there's something yeah. there. Yeah, it's great. Even when he when the creature shows up in like Monster Squad, you yeah. remember that movie yeah, yeah. where the kids fight the the universe? That's such great stuff. Yeah. And and it's like creature from Black Lagoons in it. And he's wonderful. And yeah, I remember seeing that movie in three D. Nice. Like, yeah, wow. Yeah, it was really cool. So, um, of course, we get to the end of Dracula. We get the the big death scene. Yeah. It's just really amazing filmmaking that. It, it's in some ways it's recycled too. I mean, mm. but they're using things that hadn't been used in such a long time. Mm. So they have mm-hmm. these like matte paintings where you would just do a, like you would film on location. They don't right. film on location. Right. They film on a set right. with a matte painting. Yeah. And, and it's just like, wow, okay, you keep making these decisions, but the decisions that he makes to do this, to have a, a totally controlled environment and using these more classical elements mm-hmm. of filmmaking that mm-hmm. even go back to the silent era, right? It really makes this film stand out, yeah, because it's a little more modern. Yeah, and I love that. I love the way it ends. Um, I think the the climactic action sequence is mm-hmm. really cool, where Dracula figures it out. And right. The gypsies are trying to get him right. home as the sun's setting. That's right. just like dramatically, yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah, it and, is. And it works. And just the whole the whole film is something I think I think people should revisit. Well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna do There Can Be Only One. Hmm. There can be only one. 
All right. I think we know the answer. What's the single best thing? It can be a character, moment, scene, line, theme, song, etc. What's the best thing about the movie, Devin? It's going to be the carriage and sunset scene. Yeah. It's not even close. I mean... Close would be Winona, but yeah. uh, beyond that, um, it, it's yeah. it's that scene. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think the chase scene, the the big fight at the end, the the kind of climactic moment, that yeah. that whole sequence is is surprisingly like top notch, yeah, top tier, and yeah. and really well done. I would say if I had to do a close second, of course, Winona, but I would then say just like the as a Film teacher, mm. um, the techniques used are so much fun to kind of pick apart. Yeah. Go, oh, look what he did here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look what they did there. Like, oh, look at that matte painting. It's obvious, right. but it fits. It's, right. Yeah. So there's there's this constant as I'm watching it, just like, well, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Like, yeah. just the techniques used, the way they do, they shoot certain sequences. Um, there's even a confrontation scene where, um, Dracula turns Mina mm. um, like he has her drink his blood. Yeah. And they burst into the room and he like kind of towers up as right. this kind of monstrous yeah. Dracula. Yeah. Kind of like a bat thing. Yeah. And um, Hopkins puts the cross up and the cross catches on fire. Yeah. It's such a cool sequence. And that's real terrifying. But it's all practical. Yeah. Like if you watch the making of like, he's in this costume yeah. and like, there's nothing added. There's right. no, it's not a CGI creature. Right. And I think even moments like that, you're like, wow, that's really yeah. crazy how yeah. they did all that. And he's like on stilts and which is why Robin Williams would have been perfect for that scene. <laughs> <laughs> like just, uh, just employing like use of the, the genie <laughs> from Aladdin talking in different voices, yes. like suddenly talks like Humphrey Bogart for some reason, like that'd be glorious. Oh man. Well, you guys can find us on Twitter at living in the past, L I V I in the past. Uh, we're also on Patreon or Patreon. Uh, we got some great things coming up. We have a, uh, we are releasing content on YouTube. We have some videos that we're sharing with our patrons first before it even sees the light of day on mm. YouTube. And one of the videos we have coming out soon, hopefully is the road warrior villains. We did the road warrior recently and, we have this little 10-minute uh, video that we're going to be putting up on YouTube, but it'll be available to our patrons now, hopefully, at the time you hear this. Uh, we'll be doing uh, Samurai Cop in the coming yeah, weeks. Our baby. first episode of Video Revelations. Our patrons are able to watch that full episode, the whole movie as we watch it, and then we'll edit it down for mass consumption to about 10 minutes uh, so that's that's coming up. That's on the docket. Uh, our next episode is Be Kind Rewind. We'll be doing listener calls and the best vampire movies will be one of the big topics. You can call us, ask us a question, leave a comment at 831-337-8020. I can't wait to, to kind of further myself into this Halloween season. It's going to be great fun. As always, thank you guys for listening and we'll talk to you soon.